Hey, 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 it's your girl Patrice. Welcome to another installment of the Royal People's Podcast. Keep it locked. You know I'll be right back. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to lift up your name, to give you thanks, mighty God, to come together, mighty God, to impact to empower and to inspire the masses, mighty God. Let us decrease at this moment. Let no shadow of self manifest itself amongst us right now, God. We pray at this moment, Lord, you will get the glory, mighty God. We will decrease. Our desires will decrease. Our will will be surrendered to your will, Lord. It's all about you, God, Lord. Open our mouths and begin to put the words that we are to say in our mouths, mighty God. Let whatever we speak, Lord, let it bring glory to you. Let it edify the body of Christ and Lord also Lord let it be able to draw persons to Christ because what we say mighty God will begin to model you in such a way that mighty God it begin to impact even those mighty God hearts were like rocks mighty God we pray that at this moment Lord you will over over this atmosphere father God we pray at this moment even though we pray for Angela mighty God we pray that Lord you will speak through her mighty God you will give her a word for us, for the people, for the nation, Lord. And at the end of the day, we will give you glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We have a very special guest all the way from the United States, Philadelphia. Um, I got that right, right? Yes. <laughs> Angela Hicks. Trust me, she's a phenomenal woman of God. And... You're going to hear her today and what the Lord will have her to say. Should the church be kept quiet or silent on social and economical issues? And how are, what are some of the ways can Christians provoke or invoke change in our nation? So this is a topic that we will be discussing today. This is such a heavy topic, and in many cases, the church or a lot of Christians don't really want to say much as it relates to this topic. Burned to me when I saw that many church people or many believers or Christians or kingdom persons, as we would call ourselves, have become so tight lipped on this issue um, of racism and police brutality. So, I'm going to show the butt on to you. Yes. What you have to say, like, what is your perspective? And how do you think as believers we should be, we should tackle such issues of the black and white issues that some Christians would consider, okay, it's not my business. Let me stay out of this. This is not my fight. Like, what is your belief on that? Absolutely. I definitely just want to thank you for letting me um, join your podcast. I'm really excited. Uh, what you're doing for it. The kingdom of God is beautiful. And so thank you for letting me be a part of it. It's so interesting to watch um, everything going on now because it's like a never ending cycle. A couple of years go by and it's like we we protest again. A couple of years go by, we protest again. I remember back in 2015, 
when I was living in Atlanta, I'm like an activist at heart, right? I want to protest. I want to fight. Like, arrest me. Like, I'm about that life in my head, right? <laughs> and even in reality, too. Um, I remember the month my pastor said, you know, you guys be safe. You don't have to go out there and protest. You know, get on your knees and pray. And I was like, wow. And if he didn't say that, I probably would have went and protest back in like 2015 when the same thing was occurring, unfortunately. And, um, you know, it was a little bit more peaceful then than it is now. Right. But we see that, you know, the, all, everybody like burning things down, people getting arrested, people getting beat by the cops. It's crazy. It reminds me of the 60s. It reminds me of the civil rights movement. And it's like, are we really in, in this? Is this where America is? Is this where the world is? At the same time, you see people all over the world coming together. So it's a beautiful thing. But as Christians, what are we supposed to do? What does God want us to do? We know that we fight in the spirit. So first thing first, we always are going to pray. We always are going to seek Holy Spirit. We always are going to seek our leaders that God has called us to, you know, you know, be shepherd under. We're going to go to them and see what they're doing and, and what they say. But a lot of people feel like Christians aren't doing enough. And I think right. that that's not all the way true, though I can understand the frustrations. As believers, we do have to we have to recognize that outside of prayer, there are many things that we can do. Um, I'm always looking back at Proverbs 31 and 8. It says, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. So it's our duty in Christ Jesus to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. So when a black man or black woman, anybody, you know, brown or black skin gets executed, lynched, murdered, even just beaten. We have to say something as a people under Christ because that's what he's called us to. Even even if they weren't black, but but let's just talk about black folks right now because that's what we're talking about, okay? Right. There's been an issue in America and around the world with racism for many years. And it's a thing that we have kind of just said, oh, well, that's just a part of our life. That's just what it is. There's really nothing we can do. I think as a church, we need to come together. We need to stop racism among, amongst bodies of churches. We, As believers in Christ, we all just need to love one another. We can go to some cities and, and go to church and it's not, you know, color friendly. But also us as black people, we have to kind of be the ones who start it because we have to make the change, right? Because this is, right. unfortunately, it's our issue first because America has shown us for hundreds of years that they don't care about us. And I know people are, are are standing up now and protesting, and it's a beautiful thing to see. When I see my white brothers and sisters and my Asian brothers and sisters and everybody just standing up for black and brown people, it bring it blesses my heart. I also know that that's not enough, though. We can't just march. We can't just protest. Right. We can't just burn down buildings. And I'm not condoning burning down buildings, but I do understand the frustration and the anger. But what do we do so we don't keep on doing that? What, what do we show the next generation so they don't have to get arrested for the same thing? We have to build outreach programs. We have to join churches that are actually doing stuff in the community. We have to actually be a vessel. We have to understand individually that we are the church. So we can right. sit here as Christians and say the church isn't doing anything, but you are the church. So what are right. you doing? Who are you teaching? Who are you passing the torch to? Just being, right. you know, responsible in, in, in how you live your day-to-day -day life. It's so interesting because when we talk about systematic racism, when we talk about prejudice of the world, a lot of things, I grew up in Virginia, okay? So I've experienced racism a few times in my life. But a lot of things when it comes to systematic racism, things of that nature, I wasn't privy to until I was in my late 20s. I'm like, oh, wait, 
they have they have zones for housing oh this is how they know who they're going to give loans to like these are right. things that we have to educate our children on even laws it's so interesting to me like when we're in school we learn about you know we dissect frogs and we learn about monkeys and you know crazy stuff we even learn about our government a little bit but we don't learn about laws we don't learn right. about you know our rights that we have to vote for our rights every so you know couple of years uh, as black people in this uh in this country it's just cr- so much crazy stuff that we're not aware of because we don't know what questions to ask so as believers our our number one goal in my opinion is to teach each other knowledge is power the more we know the more we know how to fight us burning down buildings isn't going to change anything if, we, if we're burning down a building the, the company's just going to rebuild that same building. We need to, instead of burning things down, build things up. And it needs to start in our community. It needs to start in our churches. And right. we need to join churches that are actually doing something. So treat a church like a relationship. You know, definitely let Holy Spirit lead you to where you're going to worship at. But ask that congregation, that that pastor, the whoever, you know, is in charge of membership, what do you guys do here? Do you guys uh, work with the prison ministry? Do you guys feed the homeless? Do you guys educate young people? Do you have a youth ministry? Because if they don't have those things, either you can bring it to that church or you can add to it if they have it. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you were like, woo! Yeah, I'm, I'm fired up. Honestly, I'm fired up. I can't, I can't help it. That red light, you were like, woo, you were just on speed, like you're on the highway. <laughs> you went hard. Um, it's also necessary as a part, as a body, as a unit, to unlearn many stuff. Mm, yes. To unlearn many stuff. I mean, we cannot relearn unless we unlearn what culture, what system, what was instituted into our minds and unless we unlearn it we will continue to repeat the cycle absolutely continue to go on favor of god and you're not going to stand up for a man or a woman whether black or white whatever the case is and you are going to say it's none of your business Mm. Because racism itself is a sin. Because that contradicts Bible. Because Christ says he makes us all in his image. Yes. He, didn't say, he didn't say white. I am tackling the sin. The sin needs to be uprooted. The thought life of the believers needs to be renewed. And I got my own definition for racism. Because I was like, I'm not going to use Google's definition this time. Right, right. Yes, I wanted to just personalize it. And mine is the belief that one's race, group, and community are superior to another's. Mm, So if that is your mindset, you're basically saying that, okay, I am the only one, my race, my community is the only one that is made in the image of God. You are not, which means that is apostasy. That goes against Bible. So if that is your belief, which means that you do not fully surrendered to the full standard of the, the word of God. And that in itself is a sin. So if, if, if you're going to be like, oh, I'm not in America. Yeah, you're not in America, but it's a human issue. And mm-hmm. if we are called as believers in Christ, it should pain our hearts. And if it's not pain our hearts, then the posture of our prayers need to change. Like we need to start praying prayers like this. Lord, 
break my heart with the things that breaks you. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Yes. Because clearly, I'm conceited. Clearly, I'm all about myself and my church and what I believe and my community. So, I need a prayer. I need to start praying. Like a lot of people praying and asking God for a lot of things. And I would say, if your heart isn't broken, if you are in a place of hurt, based on all the uproaring and uprising that is taking place in the world, your heart is of stone and you better go repent. Amen. And that's real. I think that whole, Lord, if it breaks your heart, let it break my heart. That is a phenomenal prayer to have because it's genuine. Because at the end of the day, we are human, but we're not trying to be human. We're trying to have this spiritual experience. We're trying to get closer to God. We're trying to live a life of holiness. But you can't proclaim God as your Savior, Jesus as your Savior, and, and hate people. And that's just what it is. And I understand a lot of people, they don't understand. They, you know, growing up in America, maybe you've been able to be racist and not even know it, whatever the case may be. Now is the time to put that down and say, okay, God, I'm following you fully. Show me the way. Also, for those who aren't racist, and even if you are, ask God for your portion in this. Say, God, am I supposed to protest? Am I supposed to give? Am I supposed to pray? Because we all have been giving gifts and anointing. Everybody's not supposed to march on the front line and get arrested. But some of you are. Everybody's not supposed to put together the, the small group that's going to help get back to the community. But most of you are. So just ask God, what is my portion in all of this? A lot of people are not seeking Holy Spirit. A lot of people are just seeking, oh, everybody else is protesting. I'm a protest too. Let me go break into these stores. That's not God. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, we we breaking these stores. But for what though? Like, what did that store do to you? Like, but I understand the frustration as a black woman. I understand. But there is peace in Christ Jesus. So you need to seek the Lord first and ask him what you need to do. I'm not saying you're not supposed to go march and get arrested. If the Lord says do that, listen, we got to do what we got to do. Period. Because we need our rights. Period. And I'm going to do the same thing when they tell us that we can't serve Jesus. I'm going to go ham. Okay, I get it. But you have to seek Holy Spirit in all things. In all things. And speak up. You know, speak up. I remember just a couple of weeks ago, um, I was in Virginia and a a man, a white man cut me off. And I was so frustrated because he was riding on my tail and then he cut me off. But as he drove by me, he said, you're one stupid nigger. And I was like, Jesus, it's 20. Yes. And I'm like, this is in 2020. And I posted on Facebook, I said, you guys, this is what happened to me today in Virginia. I was visiting family. And I said, don't, I don't even have nothing bad to say. Just pray for that man's bloodline. Because that's somebody's daddy. That was, he would look like right. somebody's granddaddy, possibly. There's so much hate in that one person. And of course, Ooh. people's response was, oh, this is why you need to have a gun. Or I would have done this, or I would have done that. My life is more important. I know that my life is going to touch many people, that I'm going to make many disciples and save many souls. So I can't be stuck on this one person who doesn't matter. But what I can do is say, hey, you know what? Let's break a chain real quick. Y'all pray for them. But I understand. I understand the frustration. I understand the anger. I understand, especially if you come from communities that are um, affected by systematic racism on an everyday basis. You know what I'm saying? I definitely understand all of this. But we just have to seek God. And I know that sounds corny. And it goes back to the beginning where people feel like, 
oh, well, Christians aren't doing anything. Baby, we praying. We trying to we tap into the Holy praying. Spirit. We really, we really are. But we all, but I definitely think we always can do better. So I hope we yes. do do better. Yes, yes. And we all have our parts to play. We all have our parts to play. And we must be participant in this process, um, this process of change. Amen. And I was saying this from the other day, a lot of persons keep saying, you know, I want normal back. Like, I just want to just make this public announcement. Normal, we're never getting normal. Right. Ever. We're in a, a, a season that we have never seen before. Clearly, normal, going back to normal would be going back to dysfunction, going back to our comfort zone. Like, this is change. Change is coming. And we must not fight back. And there's something that I would like to say. Um, one of the things that you, the other day when I, when I was talking to you and we had that brief chat, you said something that really resonated with me. You said that something about this, all of this rioting, all of that protesting feels so different. And I want to piggyback off that. Yes. And say that one of the things that when I was praying is, you know, I was praying, I was like, you know, Black people have been protesting for equality and just that privilege to be not judged or that opportunity to just be seen for seen as just people, not by the color of their skin or all of that stuff. And as you see, persons, no one ever, they were so passionate. Um, white folks coming in, everybody was just, was, the world was so united. Right. And I was just so, I was just reflecting on the fact that, you know, we are in that season or in that pinnacle of COVID. And a lot of persons, you know, they may have lost their family member. They may have lost their homes, their jobs. You know, they may have lost resources. And some persons are in that place of even depression. So because persons were in that place and it was, it was their, they, were, they were in such a dark place. And then to see that, you know, the recent killing of George Floyd, you know, so rest in peace. I pray for his family and everyone connected to him. I pray that they have um, peace at this time. I pray that the Lord just cover them and everything that concerns them. And you see persons coming together. It's, it's a revolution. I mean, even the cops. I don't yep. know what you guys call him. The heads of states or the commissioner or who he was, whomever he was. And he came out and he said, this is the first they're arresting a cop. So, like, soon. Right. That was when they arrested the one that nailed in his neck. And then, uh, upon just protesting and person just, person was just furious. They were just sick and tired. Because here it is. We are in that season where COVID is killing everybody that looks like us. We are black wow. people. Yeah. Black and brown people. COVID is killing us. They're not killing the Caucasians, the white people. They're killing us. People that looks like us, so we 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 it 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 kindles such an a uh, fire within us and such a rage, and I would not say a I wouldn't say it's a bad thing or I wouldn't say it's hate. I'm more I would say it's frustration. It's 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 it's, it's that breaking point, and you know we already lost so much to COVID and this innocent man who didn't deserve to die. Yes. Yeah. He didn't deserve to die, was murdered by a white man. And the, the disease that is hovering over our land is not killing white people. Wow. <laughs> Woo! 
It's a lie. You're going to expect retaliation. People are going to be furious because already, you know, they were taught or they were suppressed by white people all their lives. And then there's a disease that's killing people that looks like us. Then there are white cops killing Jesus. people. Okay? We're taking our power back. So this rioting and this rage and all of this looting, which I don't really condone looting, but I understand from a human perspective. I would understand. When I begin to analyze and assess the whole thing, I'm like, oh my God, these people are rioting from a place of hurt. Absolutely. I mean, come on, we've been in COVID. COVID... For some people, you know, they were in that season of being propelled to, a, to to another level and they feel like COVID stopped them. And breaking news people, COVID didn't stop you. Like, God still got you. Just, just, just know that. He's got you. Amen. His plans for your life hasn't changed. You're still going to win. You're, as a matter of fact, you already got the victory. So you're, they're in that season. So, of course, they're going to retaliate. No, they're fighting for their power. They're fighting for freedom. Amen, amen. I, so just, I would say COVID was the catalyst. Yeah, that really stemmed all of this. I mean, listen, we've all been at home. We we've only had time on our hands. We we've been, you know, going on YouTube, learning new things, you know, reading books. And so when we see something like this, it was like, well, all we have is time on our hands. We ain't working, most of us. So it's like, no, we're gonna fight this. It, the sad yeah. part is, a lot of us probably don't even want to fight this, but we know we had to because if right. we don't say anything, they're not gonna handle it. They only arrested, oh, you know, the, the, the one officer at first until we handled something, until we, we got up and we said something. You know, as you were speaking, I was just thinking to myself, like, my dad probably had to deal with stuff like this when he was a kid. And his daddy, and his daddy, and his daddy was a slave. Like, when you go four generations back, that's how close... Yeah. are in a place i'm not gonna say hey run go defend that or whatever the case if you can call someone who who has the authority to stop a thing listen do it do it if you can if you have a phone and you can record that and give that into the proper authorities do it because listen this revolution this change that is taking place in the earth right now it would not have happened if that person or persons would have decided i'm minding my own business it ain't about me. It's not my thing. You know, we have to realize that we are our brother's keeper. And we can't remain silent. We can't see things taking place or injustice. I remember you shared something last, it wasn't last year? I think it was last year, yes. When you said you were at, um, I think you said you were at Wawa. Or what, what at the gas station, about? yeah. Wawa, yes. the gas station. Yes, um, and you said you 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 said that you had to plead the blood of jesus yes like you stopped something there and i was like i was so i was so moved by the spirit of god i was like yeah this woman is a she is she's a nation changer at that Amen. moment i have realized that listen angela hicks is not just you know an ordinary person she is she is a she's gonna be a tool a vehicle that god will use to make change, to provoke change in the earth, because you stopped something. Amen. That yes. was amazing. How many persons would have just turned their eye? Oh God, I'm going about my business. I got things to do. Right. I'm about myself. And it was I late at night too. It was like eight thirty at night, so it was it was the fall time, so it was dark outside, and I was I was pumping gas, 
and I saw two men uh, getting into an ar- argument, and I, all I saw was a black man and a white man arguing, and I just knew immediately this is not going to end well. And, and right. immediately I, w- I walk closer, and then I, I stop and I wait because I'm like, let me see what they do first. And then I saw more people that were with the black young man come out the car. I said, okay, this is not going to end well. And so I literally stood in between two grown men. Um, the black young man probably was in his late 20s to, to early 30s. The white uh, man was definitely like in his like mid, mid 40s, uh, early 40s. And literally they're going back and forth for at least 10 minutes. And I'm like, pushing this black guy back and I'm like get in the car get in the car this is not gonna end well and people are starting to like stand around and watch you know and I understand because people normally don't know what to do in those situations do you watch do you say something do you mind your business but the Lord gave me the authority in that moment to know you need to do something you need to stop this I don't want to see a black man die so I I was about that like let's do it and literally everybody got in their car but the white guy was like I'm gonna come where where you want to meet us at? And I said, stop. And I put my hand out. And I said, you are a Christian man. I said, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And he had to stop at the name of Jesus. And I've never done anything like that in my life. I never had plans to. But unfortunately, this is the world we live in. And I don't know what would have happened to that black man if he would have fought that other guy. I don't know who would have got killed. But all I saw was bloodshed on my watch, and I wasn't going to let it happen. And I know everybody can't stop, you know, a situation like that. Everybody doesn't have that portion. With that said, people also say, oh, if I was there when George Floyd was getting murdered, I would have done something. And the thing is, the truth is, you don't know what you're going to do. But what, what I will say is, like you said, don't be afraid to record and don't be afraid to call the cops on the cops. Call 911. Say there's some cops over here killing this man. They have no yes. choice but yes. to call some more police for backup. You know, I'm not saying I would have saved the man because, I mean, he died in a couple of minutes, unfortunately. With that said, we can do things. Somebody asked me, they said, you know, Angela, you're so like, you know just, you know, outspoken when it comes to stuff like this, what would you have done if you were there? I said, honestly, um, I probably would have just laid on the ground and looked at him and tried to keep eye contact. But with all those cops, there's, there wasn't much I would have been able to do. Because even if I would have tried to push that cop off, me by myself, they would have put me in handcuffs and that would have been the end of it. Um, I've seen all over the news, though, people... You know, once somebody, you know, hits one person, once a cop hits one person, they're all like jumping the cops now. But unfortunately, this is what the cops have brought out of us. We're not going to let each other die on our watch, period. And so is it right? No, it's not right. I can't condone jumping cops like that's just not safe. But what do you do, though? What do you do if you're afraid that your friend is going to die? I mean, the even the Bible says that's the, you know, laying down your life for your brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like. Whatever the Lord puts in your heart during that moment, you got to do what you got to do. One of my friends said, you know, he would jump in if something happens. But also, if he was the person that was getting, you know, uh, hit by the cops or, you know, uh, you know, beat by the cops, he wouldn't want anybody else to jump in because he wouldn't want them to get hurt. So I'm the same way. Like, I don't want you to jump in for me. But listen, I'm going to try to jump in for you. And I understand both sides. Right. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, we have to, we have our parts to play, we have our roles to play. Stop being selfish. Yeah. Stop being selfish. Stop thinking about yourself because George, uh, this is what I say George Floyd is me. I am George Floyd. Amen. Because he represents persons that look like me. Yep. 
That could have been my brother. That could have been somebody that I know. So, yeah, it is me. So, unless we, even if it wasn't my race, it's still me because he's a human. <laughs> Woo! That's he's true. A yeah. Like, if Christ says he makes us all in his image, and please, this is something I want people to stop saying. God is not colorblind. He sees all of us. He knows we're black. Yeah. He knows brown people. He knows white people. He knows Asian people. He knows all of us. But he still makes us all in his image, despite our color. Our color doesn't, dis- doesn't define or distinguish, distinguish us from another race or whatever. No. And that is why we need to unlearn a lot of things that culture even the education system would have taught us in history all of these things and that's why we have to get down some of these statues and idols i say idols i say definitely idols yeah those are idols removing statues um even here in philadelphia as well so i'm really excited about that i remember i want to say about a year ago when i first moved to philadelphia they were talking about removing some Columbus statues and, and here and there, whatever. And I remember people probably who are old enough to be, you know, my parents, possibly my grandparents' age, they were saying that they didn't want the statues removed because it's a part of the history. So I'm glad that you mentioned that whole brainwash thing, how, you know, the generation before us possibly wants those things to still be around because that's their the history. But no, we're, we're not going to glorify racism and ignorance and hate. We're just right. not going to do it. With that said, I don't want them to take away the fact that they were ever up. I want the history books to, to, to note that at, there was a time in America where they had these statues and we were, and we were you know, in essence, uh, saying this was okay. And then they took them down. I don't want them to take them down in essence of it, it never happened. Because that's right. how the generation after us gets brainwashed to believe or, you know foggy because they, they're going to believe that oh well we've always been peaceful we never had this we never no let the right. children know well, that there was yes. a time that those statues were up and it took this many decades to get them down so mm. it's very important it's very important and, yes. and and just as christians also i feel like we all know there's going to be a day and a time where we people get persecuted in other countries all the time for being a believer so you can't you can't think that it's never gonna come to America or, or any other country. It it might not come during your lifetime, but baby, it's coming. There's gonna be a time where being a believer in Jesus Christ is gonna be a, a crime. And so if you can't fight just for the color of your skin, for your culture, Woo! for your people, how are you gonna fight for Jesus? This Woo! is something people a target is on us every day. They see our color first. They don't know what I believe in. But what's going to happen when they say no more Bibles? We got to take those away. Okay, no more Jesus, no more church. Y'all think it's not going to happen, but it's coming. So it's like you got to get ready. And if you can't fight for for this right now, this is the preview. If you can't fight for this, how are you going to fight for Christ? Period. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) That's a word. No, seriously, though. like That's a word. Yep. So it it just starts with education. Like, gotta educate right now. That's a word. So, as you state that, and for many Christians who say this is not my fight, like I'm minding my business, because what I've realized, a lot of Christians 
misquote the Bible. Oh, yeah. For their preference. I'm minding my business. Like, this is a human issue. Christ calls us to be a light. It is your business because you are a carrier of the light. So don't tell me that's not your business. And I'm going to drop a scripture that really, I'm like, yes, Lord. So it's First John 3 and 18, and I'm reading from the King James. And it says, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Bus. I sat next to a Caucasian lady and she just got up immediately when I went beside her. And the bus was like, there was no seat in the bus. So she went and she stood up for the entire ride until she reached her destination. I was like, what? Right, like, wow, really? <laughs> I was I was hurt. And my heart was like, yeah, racism is a thing. I was like, what? I've never experienced this before. She said, you've never left your country before. Yeah, welcome to another country. We right. This. And in that moment, I was like, wow. And to see how everyone is raging in the States and, you know, other countries coming together. And it's, 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 amazing. it's, it's beautiful to see, I'm being honest. It's just the unity, the solidarity, it's just amazing. And I say that there's power in unity. Unity is a weapon. You can't fight us when we are united. Like, Amen. So... I was like, wow. And then just that experience, I remember it triggered back that experience when I saw all of that. I was like, yeah, I remember having that experience. Um, and I, I never forget it. I was just constantly reminded during the season about it. So what I say is that I cannot understand or, but I can, I have so much empathy, empathy for persons in the States and in other countries that racism is overwhelming and it's so alarming and it's a thing and it's such a stench it has that scent it doesn't smell right it's a stench and we have to we're not hugging enough and make it sound like it's a nice thing because it's not you basically shared your experience that you had um last year right. moved it in so many like i got goosebumps all over my body was listening to your test um your testimonial on instagram it, it really moved me Amen. and I have so much empathy for persons in the state. I mean, can you believe growing up all your life, going through all of that? Because some countries, some um, communities experience it more than others. Right. And it's hard. You're in that season. You know, everybody's transitioning. Clearly, we're in that season we've never seen before. And you have this innocent man life taken away. You have Brianna Taylor. Jesus, um, yes. Nobody has said anything. Um, this other guy, Ahmad Aubrey. Yes. He, he also. I mean, you can't drug. You can't rob. We can't drug. We can't leave a party in a car. We can't walk down the street. We can't say anything or do anything. And it, it's it's amazing. And I like what you said. Different, even in America, different cities experience different levels of racism, if at all. I know, you know, my parents have experienced racism. They grew up in Philadelphia. I grew up in Virginia. I've experienced racism. I, I pray my children won't have to. Um, I have niece and nephews. I'm not really sure if they've experienced it. We've never really, um, they, they've never told me they have. Um, but we definitely have talked about racism and things of that, of that level. 
it's it's really interesting when you think about the different areas in America because if you go to Alabama or a Kentucky or a certain parts in Georgia, you you can't act a certain way, you can't do certain things, you can't look at certain people. Even still in Virginia, um, and it, it, it's it's crazy, and people will be like, "Oh, that that's that can't be true." No, there there are areas in Maryland that that are very KKK filled, and and people who know just know, and it's like things we don't talk about. But I think at this time. If this hasn't taught me anything else, we need to have more conversations. We right. need to really light up some information to to in situations and and let people know what's going on. There's there's no reason why a man can't run down the street and, and people just go after them and attack them, you know. And a lot of times uh, people say, "Well, why would you stay there? I shouldn't have to leave my home where I, I grew up or where I desire to live just so I won't get killed. I, I shouldn't have right. to." to change my life just because you want to be a racist person, a hateful person. So it, it is, it is crazy. Um, even in school, you know, there's racism. I remember my mom, when she was a young girl, she told me she used to write papers and she, her teacher used to always give her a B. So one day her and her friend who was a white girl, they switched papers and turned it in. And my sister's paper, the white girl turned that in as her own. She got an A on it, but my mom got a B. Like stuff like that happens in schools too. You know, I've worked in the school system um, last year heavily and just, you know, I've seen racism amongst teachers and students. It, it's everywhere. And people want to act like it's not really there. They want to call it something else. They want to say they're acting a, a certain way towards a, a certain demographic because of the way they act. Well, then if that's the case, let's let's see why they act that way. You know, it, right. it, and let's help them. And I think if we all just take a moment to see how we can help one another and how we can help ourselves, then we really can provoke some change. But we have to not let this conversation end with this podcast or with this protest. Once this protest dies out, you know, we have to keep on fighting those silent fights. We have to make those votes and, in, in, you know, in the government, we have to teach and reach everybody we can. We can't right. just pop off every time somebody gets killed. Because then that's what they're betting on. Oh, okay, well, in a couple weeks, in a couple months, they'll, they'll forget about this guy. It'll, it'll be on to the next hashtag. You know, people die every day from the cops. It, we we got we to do better. We gotta, and cops need to be trained better. You know, to be a doctor, you have to get a PhD, but to carry a gun, you do a couple of weeks in, 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 you know, whatever you call that thing. Uh, what is it called? Cop camp? I don't know what it's called. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So it's just like, it's crazy if you really think about it. You know, to be a lawyer or to be a doctor, I need all this education. But to be a cop, I barely need anything. I think there ha- there should be some ongoing training. Um, and there needs to be more community with the cops in areas and with uh, the people. There, actually, there should be like mandatory community things so right. people know who their cops are in their area. So, yeah. Definitely. And w- one of the things that I want to say is we need institutional change. Yes. We need the institution and the system to change. Absolutely. So some of the books that are being read in school, let's throw them out. This is true. Um, Because no, we need our younger generation to unlearn some stuff. I think also with COVID, it's kind of taught us, like, just yes. as black and brown people, like, is public school is public school the, you know this is a whole other conversation but is public school in the best uh interest of our people and and, and if they don't make like you said if they don't make institutional change then probably not 
you know, we're not learning enough about the truth. Um, and we're not learning enough about just what matters, period. So I agree. All across the board, we need to change uh, the educational system. Yeah. So once we get that, because the foundation has to be reset. Because you're having kids at five, at, the, at age five, age five, talking about Negro. Yeah. Like, what are your parents teaching you? Right. That's a line you don't cross. I don't call nobody Negro. I'm not calling nobody Negro. Right. And even as a black person in Jamaica, people call people Negro all the time. It's right. nothing. Because if we go to America, because for us, because, you know, every culture is different. For us, we call a Negro is just really having not really curly hair, like nappy hair and stuff like that. That's what we, that's our perception of a Negro being. You know, sometimes a word may have a different contextual meaning in another culture. But at the same time, I don't do it because though it, we have a positive connotation, though it has a positive connotation to it and our perspective on it is not really necessarily negative, at the same time, in another culture, it has a negative meaning. And just the fact that we as black people are allowing people to call us Negroes, even our friends. Right. That's also telling white people that it's okay to call us Negroes. Like, hey, call her Negro, because she's just our friends calling her Negro. And I'm not with this thing that a lot of people are saying we're taking back the power in the word. Why do we need to take the word? Let's throw the word out. I'm just saying. I know a lot of people say, hey, I'm taking back my power with the word. Which, there's nothing wrong with taking your power, taking your power back. But some things we just have to unlearn. Because nigger in itself will always is a word that white men used to, de- white people, not men necessarily, used to demean black people. So why do you want to take power in the world? Why don't let us just throw the old word out and unlearn, unlearn it? Because if we do not, if we keep saying, I'm taking back my power, guess what we are doing? We are subconsciously condoning or subconsciously um, continuing the cycle of racism. But we don't even know. Let's throw the word out. Let's unlearn it. We don't need to take the power back. We need to take our power back, but we don't necessarily need to take it in the word. That's just my perspective. Another person may not agree. But for me, it's always going to have white people thinking that, hey, it's okay to call her Negro. It's okay to call him Negro because when he's around his black friends, they call him Negro. Absolutely. I remember when I was in college one time, uh, I was with one of my black friends and we were at a house full of white people. I went to a diverse university. Um, Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia. And I remember we were playing pool and this white this white kid said to another white kid, hey, yo, nigga. And I was just like, what? I've never, at, at that time in my life, I've never heard somebody in my company, you know, just say the word all nonchalantly. I've heard people call people out their name, but never in mixed company say it so, so with ease and, and no issue. And I'm like, what did you just say? And my friend who's black, she's like, oh, Angela, it's, it's not that deep. I was. I had to leave. I left in me. I said I gotta go. She's like Angela. I was like no, because I'm not gonna listen to some white people say the n word. Period. Like I don't care how they're saying it. If they're saying it in a nice way or in a in a, in a terrible way, I think with anything, it's always important to look at the root of it. 
And if the right. root is hatred, if the root is Ooh. just sinful, then we as people have to say, you know, we got to do better, period. And it, it's hard, especially if this, is a, if this is a word you use all the time. But guess what? It, we want to do better for the next generation. We right. want to show them how to carry themselves. And we're not right. trying to conform to this world. We're just trying to be better people altogether. So what's the root of this thing? What, if the root is hatred, then why are we spreading hatred? You know? Right. So, yeah. My. Woo. That's a word. Amen. Jeez. Mute my mic. <laughs> You're so nice. <laughs> whoa. I mean, whoa. <laughs> to God be the glory for all of this. You know, this is a necessary conversation. And I really hope my prayer is that we just, I, like I told you when we first uh, started, I, you know, before we had the podcast, but when we were just talking, I, I really feel like this is different. This is different. And as we watch uh, our TVs closely over the next couple months or however long this takes to to come to pass, I pray to God that that righteous um, injustice happen because I just really don't I don't know what's going to happen if these people aren't rightfully charged. You know, I personally don't believe in the death penalty. So I'm not saying I want somebody to get lynched for lynching a man. Personally, that's just not my my um, viewpoint on uh, that. That's a lot. With that right. said, you know, I, I would be happy for many years in prison because somebody needs to understand somewhere that they, can, they can't do this to us. And right. they get away with it all the time. I mean, the man who killed George Floyd, he had a rap sheet of, of crimes against people. And nothing's happened until now. But like I said, we, we were all we were all created for such a time as this. So I know that the Lord is with us. And regardless of what happens, God's still going to be with us at the end of the day. And regardless of what happens, we got to keep on fighting um, in our in the, in the way the Lord has told us how to fight. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, my. As I said, you my mic. Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> This was loaded. I tell you, man. I tell you, I tell you. Do you have anything else to say to people? I just want to pray real quick, a really quick prayer. Um, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord God, in such a time as this, Lord God, in this nation, Lord God, in this world, Lord God, how you're unifying black and brown and white and yellow people all together, Lord God. We want to just thank you, Lord God, for calling us out, Lord God, to speak upon this, Lord God, the injustice of many people all over this nation and world, Lord God. If it happens to one of us, it happens to all of us. So I just ask God to touch each and every one of you, to give you a portion, Lord God, of boldness, to give you a portion of peace as well, Lord God, to help those who have seen videos and seen posts of violence, Lord God, just help their mental right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. May they just be overcome with joy, Lord God, and not sadness and not discouragement, Lord God. May they learn how to fight, Lord God, peacefully as they protest, Lord God, as they teach, Lord God. May we keep on gaining knowledge, Lord God, because that's the most important thing. A man cannot take our mind if they take everything else. They cannot take our mind. So learn, learn, learn in the name of Jesus and reach the generation after you. Show them how to do it better. Show them how to do it right. We ask that racism just be ended right now amongst police, Lord God. May they stop beating us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. May they stop hating us 
in the name of Jesus, Lord God, no matter where we live, what we look like, where we come from, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you right now that every racist listening to this podcast, Lord God, that they will just be pricked in the heart to change their ways. And if it breaks your heart, Lord God, let it also break ours. As we seek righteousness and holiness, show us the way so we can live out your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. People, listen. This was Angela. <laughs> but, yeah, so I want you to tell the people where they can find you. Give them your social media and social media and lanes that they can find you. People, I want to tell you something. Angela, she is a prophetic voice in this nation. I just want to say that. Well, God bless you, Patrice. I thank you so much for just the opportunity and what, what God is doing with you and your ministries. I'm so excited just to hear more and see more. If you guys want to reach me, you can get at me on Instagram at Angie's Truth. That's A-N-G-I-E-S. And then the word truth, Angie's Truth. I'm on there. We can chat. You can DM me, whatever the case may be. I also have... Um, a lot of things coming out in the near future as far as like uh, more podcasts for She's Up Gang. That's my podcast. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's my podcast. Go subscribe. So feel free to follow us on Instagram at She's Up Gang. I've been really consecrated when it comes to that ministry, but it, we are about to do the second season of podcasts. So I'm really excited. But wherever you listen to podcasts, you can check it out. Uh, She's Up Gang podcast. And that's, yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much, Angie, for stopping, oh my, and sharing from your heart. From Listen, you were, you were speaking the heart of God. You were on fire. As I said, you were on the highway. <laughs> amen, amen. Yeah. I, yeah, it's all God. It's not me at all. Because like once yeah. I started talking, I even I was like, girl, you, you're excited. Like, calm down. <laughs> but it's all, it's all the Holy Spirit. So amen to that. So we, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for keeping our company this week. Until next time, people. Oh, remember to go subscribe to the Royal People's Podcast. Like us on Instagram. Go follow us at the Royal People's Podcast. Go subscribe, rate our podcast, and leave a review. Until next time.